Hey all you drivers, on today's episode, we're gonna be talking about the nine ways you can help your child build friendships. Stay tuned. But before we jump into that, for those of you who are joining me for the very first time, my name is Chrissy Richardson, and I am the author and creator of Making Sense of Munchkin. As a special needs mom warrior, I help special needs parents just like you go from crazy to calm and from helpless to empowered. I believe that you can do more than survive. I want you to be thriving. On today's episode, we'll be talking about why special needs kids seems to equal loneliness and nine ways that we can help our kids build friendships. This topic is uh, one that really hits me hard and I wanna warn you, I might get emotional. If you know someone who has a child who is struggling to make friends, I beg of you to take a moment and tag them or share this with them. Go on. Thank you for doing that. How many times have you heard on the news or read on social media of a special needs child who is sitting alone at their birthday party? because no one decided to show up. Or the child who wrote his wish list for Christmas and all it had on it was to have a friend. Just the other day I posted about a child who even though had been bullied, opted to wear a t-shirt on the first day of school that read, I will be your friend. So that that way others knew that they wouldn't have to be alone. And it plays out over and over and over. Like I said, this topic really resonates with me because it's an area that my daughter has long struggled with. I have sat and listened to her cry because she's lonely. And she wants a friend who will like her for her. I have hugged her numerous times as she cries out, wondering why no one likes her. You know, I have long been an observer of people I get a sense of people rather quickly. And this applies to children as well. I understand why neurotypical and other children shy away from being friends with our kids. Our kids are unpredictable. Many times they don't act their age. They can become easily frustrated and act out. They can become overwhelmed and have a meltdown. They have a hard time reading social cues and filtering their words. They find it difficult to express their emotions and say things in constructive ways. They can become easily fatigued and need more time to rest. The list of difficulties goes on. Yet often the other kids that our children are trying to be friends with never get to see all the amazing friendship qualities that they have, like loyalty, where they're willing to stand up for their friend and those that they care about. And they'll wait patiently for a long time just for them to play. They don't get to see the love and the care about how our children think about them even when they're apart, creating pictures or small gifts, how they talk about the things that they've done together as it is exciting and means so much to them. I believe that there is another reason that children often shy away from being friends with our kids. And that's other parents. 
We're living in a time where judgment of others seems to trump how we behave and interact with other people. Parents are still playing keeping up with the Joneses and become embarrassed if they're with your child and they're having a meltdown. Parents may say things like, be kind, be empathetic, be accepting of others, etc. But they're not leading by example with their own actions. And therefore, their kids don't believe in what they're saying. So where does that leave our kids? And what can you do to help them make friends? I've put together a list of nine things and areas that you can work on to help your kid be a good friend and find friends. One, look for clubs and groups that cater to children with special needs. It's exciting because I'm starting to see a lot more of these groups come around. Dance classes, archery lessons, therapy writing. Um, I've even seen karate for special kids. I've seen football for special needs kids. And I think that that's fantastic. It allows a slower paced environment, more opportunity to fail and move on. Um, yes, there's still a sense of competition, but it's done in a way that doesn't overwhelm our kids. So they still get that ability to know what it's like to have resilience um, and to fail and to succeed when you work hard. Two, find the common denominator. Things like similar hobbies and passions make it easier for friendships to evolve. So are your kids into Legos, robots, horses, dinosaurs, uh, Harry Potter, uh, Pokemon, uh, whatever the case, you can find groups and activities that are around those things um, and it makes it easier for our kids to fit right in. Volunteer for things that your child likes to do whether it's picking up trash, hanging out with the elderly, socializing with cats, um, get, packing food for the, for the needy. It doesn't matter what it is, but if they have a passion for it, go look for those volunteer opportunities. Um, first of all, uh, places and organizations like that are always in need of volunteers. And what I found is that they're fairly flexible. So, you know, your child and you could go for half hour, an hour, um, and they find tasks that are capable for your child and you to do together, which is really great. So number four, mix up the ages. You know, often our kids don't act like their physical ages. They either may be socially and emotionally behavioral behind, or they need to be with um, older groups that you know, spark their intelligence. So you can have a child whose intelligent age is up here, but yet their social age is down here, and that can make it very challenging. So I like to find groups that have mixed ages. They may find that they enjoy talking with elders or playing with a child who's two or three years younger than they are. Or older kids, you know, something that's significantly, like let's say you have a seven-year-old, but a 15 or 16-year-old, you know, has a better understanding of what's going on and they can better regulate that. So when they hang out, it's not such a big deal. You know, think of it more like a big brother, big sister kind of thing um, for our kids. I used to have a play buddy who was uh, 17 and my daughter was eight at the time and, and it was fantastic. Number five, 
at school, uh, ask the counselor if they can start a friend bench or a lunch bunch. The friend bench is a program that is where they put a bench in the play area at school. And if anyone sits there, other kids know to come up and invite them over to play. And the lunch bunch program is where teachers and staff observe uh, the lunchroom to see who is sitting by themselves on a regular basis. Then they gather up all of those kids that are by themselves and create a new group and it helps foster new friendships. Number six, keep playdates short and focused. I find that depending on the needs of your child, it may be better to keep playdates play short and have a focused thing to do. Um, it kind of minimizes the likelihood of mishaps and allows that friendship to build trust over time. Then if you have a, somebody that they want to hang out with for hours and hours and hours and hours, I find that fatigue wears in, hangry wears in, if you need medications, all sorts of stuff. So um, if they're focused, you know, dreaded boredom doesn't come in and indecision doesn't have a negative effect on the relationship. You may also need to find neutral ground for your playdates as some children do not like it when other children are playing with their things and in their space. Number seven, work on friendship skills. This includes social, emotional, and behavior. This does take time, um, but role playing can help. Talking through scenarios ahead of time can assist. That way they know how to act or have possible ways of acting if a given situation comes up. Asking your child to see how their behavior affects other. It's called social thinking. Um, and it's not, I don't believe social thinking is for judgment, but it just has that awareness that what we do affects other people and how we behave affects how other people behave. So building coping mechanisms so they know when they need to take a break and learning to apologize for mistakes. We all make mistakes and it's okay, but being able to apologize for them is a very important skill that, it, and it shows appreciation and respect for the other person when you've, when you've messed up, right? So, next, educate and empathize. I like to keep other parents informed of our needs as well as help them understand how it must feel for your child who is struggling to make friends. It's also important to understand where your child, where the other child and the other parent is coming from if they have concerns about the friendship. It needs to be a mutual blessing for both of you. And if they have concerns, maybe your child says mean things or acts out and it's hard for them to know that, that that's not harmful. I mean, think of it as a parent when your child is having a moment and they're saying horrible things it's very hard not to take that to heart, so. Number nine, and the last one we're gonna talk about today is you're gonna have to change your expectations. You cannot control what other kids and other parents do. You can only control how you respond. Understand that there will be a lot of kids who are not going to be friends with your child. Instead, Focus on building up their social skills while looking for places with kids that are similar to yours. Now, one place I didn't mention was therapy groups. 
If your child attends therapy, they have social groups um, for kids where they teach a lot of these skills and help them work through it. And I found that when we were living in, in Pennsylvania and Maryland, when my daughter would go to therapy, she actually made quite a few friends that we met outside of therapy because they just all get each other. Um, and so that was really great. If there's not something in your area, start something. I've long talked about starting something that I would call the special meet, the special friends club, where it's just a place where kids like ours can get together and hang out, where we're all super understanding, super empathetic, you know, and super forgiving because we know what it's like when you have a hiccup sometimes and you're just your best. And it breaks my heart. I see my daughter struggle. It pains me when I hear or read the stories of special needs kids being lonely. No one should be ever without community or friendship unless they choose to do so. We are all connected. I hope you found this information helpful. And if so, I'd really appreciate it if you would give me a great big thumbs up. If you want more videos like this one, head on over to my YouTube channel where I cover a variety of topics to help you and your family do more than survive, you can be thriving.